when I was 18, uh, I had my first car. Uh, I loved going in the fields and, and having, doing some slides and, and doing the fastest corner as possible. And I don't know why, but uh, it was like this. Uh, my, my goal was to be the fastest in the corner. And then after the finish, you know, the last time control and uh, in the harbor of or the port of, of Monaco, it's like, wow, okay, enjoy the podium the ceremony with, uh, you know, you are standing next to next to Thierry, next to Roger, next to Elfe. Describe yourself, your character, your personality, but using only three words. Uh, straightforward guy. <laughs> Welcome to WRC Backstories, our exclusive World Rally Championship podcast presented by Bex Williams. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the WRC Backstories podcast. It's good to have you along as we head towards a rapid close of the WRC season. Just one more round to go at Rally Japan and it is done. I know, I know, but it'll all start again next year, don't you worry. For this episode, we catch up with Norwegian driver Andreas Mikkelsen, whose rallying career dates back to 2006 and incorporates some incredible events and phases in his career. He won the IRC Championship twice in both 2012 and 2011. He won the ERC Championship in 2021, WRC2 also in that year he's driven for a number of manufacturers across his career and has quite the story to tell and there's still a huge amount of his career to go you'll discover a lot more about andreas mickelson i certainly did you know i say within the podcast itself yeah, he's been around quite a long time but i wasn't altogether sure where it all started from with Andreas? Well, we are about to find out. I was lucky enough to catch up with him before he headed to the Central European Rally, before he scooped his second WRC2 championship title. So you'll hear some predictions from him on the permutations of what he had to do to win the title during the weekend. And he's relying on some other drivers to tell him how he has to do that, which is quite amusing. Anyway, enough from myself. Let's hear from Andreas. I'm delighted to say Andreas Mickelson has joined me now. I am guessing, Andreas, you're already in position, ready for CER, the Central European Rally this week, yes? Yes, I'm uh, close to the rally headquarters, uh, checked into my hotel room and uh, ready for the rally week. Which is exciting. New rallies are always exciting, aren't they? They add a little bit of extra dimension to it all. It's more work for you guys, I know, but it's exciting to have something new. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, three days in three different countries will be a nice experience. Uh, and like you say, completely new stages, uh, a new rally. So uh, we'll be very much fun and we have a lot to drive for as well. Uh, title can be uh, can be won this weekend if we have a good result. So we're definitely aiming for uh, to have a great rally. Well, we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to following it all, of course. But the WRC Backstories podcast is all about delving into the past. Where yeah. did Andreas Mickelson come from? And I just said to you before we started recording, you know, I, I looked at your stats online on uh, the glorious EWRC that we all love. And it's like, I don't know too much about how you actually started, uh, you know, from 2006 on. Yes, 
But before that, I have no idea. But before we get to that point, Andrea, yeah. all my guests, everyone that joins me has to go through the the little kind of test at the start. It's not a test, really. It's a trying to get to know you a little bit better and how well you know yourself in how would you describe yourself, your personality, in just three words? Oh, oh this I was not prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, everyone does that as well. They're all like, what? Uh, I have to think. My personality in three words. I think, yeah. Well, first of all, I think I'm a positive uh, guy. I'm a positive thinker. Positive, I see yeah. solutions when others see problems so normally. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I'm pretty positive, um, and uh, yeah, two other ones are more difficult, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, the positive one is a really great start, I think, because you absolutely are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I think I'm pretty dedicated mm-hmm. uh, towards what? my goals, and when I put them, I don't uh, give up so easily. Um and uh, positive, dedicated, and um, and uh, yeah, I can't come up with the last word. Maybe you can help me. How do you see me as a person? Ooh, well, <laughs> I, I I definitely see you as positive. Dedicated is a good one as well. Um, you know, I I think of you and I I think of your smile because you're always smiling, but that's kind of more on a positive angle, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is I would I would definitely say you're passionate about what you do. I that yeah, you know, that's dedicated as well. But you have a obviously a massive passion for what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I mean, uh, my career has been a lot of ups and downs, so uh, still in the game, still pushing for my aim. So uh, yeah, I would say passionate is all is uh, well fitting. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? You have been around a long time. I was writing a tweet earlier and saying, you know, almost a 20-year career in rallying because 2006 is where you launched onto the scene. But how did it get to that point, Andreas? I mean, you're growing up in Norway. You're in school. I I imagine a young Andreas, quite a tall young man, I can stick because you're tall now. So I'm guessing you're quite a tall young (laughs) man. Yeah, <laughs> were you were you good in school? Were, were, you know, when you were in school, was motorsport part of of your sphere? No, absolutely not. I um, I come from a part of Oslo, uh, west side of Oslo, where no one did motorsport. I mean, either you did skiing, you did tennis, you did golf. Mm. Um, so like motorsport was nothing that my friends did or uh, my father used to do a little bit of it uh, but my aim as a young boy was to become an alpine skier so i would spend all my time after school um since i was the age of six seven years old to to try to be the best in alpine skiing Uh, and every everything was actually looking to go really really well uh, I was doing great in skiing, uh, doing the Junior World Championship. I had three podiums, um, and uh, and and the future looked bright. But then at some point, I had some trouble with my knees, so I I, I couldn't continue skiing, uh, which was very sad at the time. But uh, at the same the same period that uh, made me look into rallying more. So uh, looking back now, I'm very glad that I had the issue with my knees. But uh, at that time, it was quite a tough period for me. Yeah, I can imagine because if you've kind of set your whole teenage life towards that goal and that's something you've been doing 
almost daily, weekly for such a long period to have that then taken away. That's a big blow at a young age. Yeah, it was because I started uh, like a, a ski scholarship in, uh, in a school up in the mountains in Norway. Um, and uh, so there the, everyone was having school from 7, 8 in the morning until 12 and they were skiing for the rest of the day and I couldn't ski. Oh. And next to this school, it was a big frozen lake where they make uh, tracks for rally cars uh, in the wintertime. So uh, since I had nothing to do, I went over there, uh, joined some guys uh, just sliding around in the norm normal cars, completely normal standard cars. So what and kind of that, car? What, what kind of car would it be? No, it could be everything from a BMW rear-wheel drive uh, to a Nissan Almera front-wheel drive. I mean, just super basic stuff. Mm. Uh, and I just loved it. It was so much fun. And after driving up there for a couple of weeks, uh, because I ended up going up there every day when the other guys went skiing, I went there to drive. And the, the Norwegian champion of rallying came, Tomasi, and uh, and we took some times and we had the equal speed around the, the ice lake. And I've only been driving for one week or two weeks. So so I thought maybe I, I could be good in this sport if I maybe pursued a bit more. So yeah, that made me, from that day on, really, I just focused on rallying. Yeah, I, I can imagine. So that must have been a real kind of eye-opener for you to be setting kind of similar times. To yeah, it. so that that was around 2004, 2005. Um, wow. So, um, but of course, when Petter Solberg became champion, world champion in 2003, mm -hmm. uh, he became a, a, a superstar in Norway. So already since then, uh, I was always interested in, um, in, in rallying uh, because I did some motocross before and also that's also different kind of motorsports. So, so, but my eyes came up from rallying when he became world champion. So, but I tried it my first time myself in 2005, I think. Yeah. So, so like tell that. me about that then. Tell me about that experience. How did that come about? What car was it? What was the sensation like to be behind the wheel of a rally car? Oh, well, since I drove uh, for many weeks up there on the Ice Lake um, and things, I was progressing very, very quickly. So at that time, I was very fortunate. I had a father who, who was in the position who could help me out in the beginning part of my career. Mm -hmm. So we ended up buying a Mitsubishi Lancer uh, Group N car. Uh, so I could practice in that one, uh, like more like a proper spec of a rally car. Yeah. And then a Subaru Group N car. Um, uh, and then in the end, uh, or half a year later, I was in the World Rally Car. So. Which is <laughs> it's quite unbelievable. You know, if, if people look at your stats and, and they're like, hold on a minute. This guy, his first ever rally was in a Ford Focus World Rally Car. Yeah, it, it is. Hey. It was. It was. And, you know, but... there's that whole transition from you being in Norway to being on this lake to, yeah, like you say, being in the fantastic position that, you know, your dad had some money, you buy a rally car, you're good at it. And then where did the the plan, because they must have been right, okay, he's pretty good here. We want to put him on a, on a track to actually get into the world championship. What? Where did the UK factor in that? How did you end up in North Wales? After <laughs> this? That's what I want to know. Up in Rithin, which is a small town up in North Wales. Yeah, so, um, so we had this idea that after well in this age when you're like 15 16 17 18 years old you learn so quickly like uh, if you try to learn to stand on your hands uh when you're on that age compared to let's say a 30 year old you will use half the time to learn it so we thought okay why not uh, since we have the opportunity here why not uh, just 
you know, go into the World Rally car so I can learn that quickly before I get scared, <laughs> before I get scared. So, uh, so yeah, that was that was like the, the meaning behind it. Try to learn that speed straight away so uh, I get used to it. And um, and I couldn't drive in Norway at that time because you have to be eighteen to drive uh, rallies. And uh, we wanted to get going. And uh, so we, we found out that, uh, well, in the UK, you can be 17. Um, so uh, we decided to to move to Riffen. Uh, I get my driving license there. I was then living at the, uh, at the team I was driving for, uh, Ramsport, um, and uh, living uh, with Rob Atkinson and uh, in his area uh, was a uh, was a great year. Um, I remember coming there. I had to take my driving license to make my first rally, mm. and it was big pressure to take the driving license because that everything that we wanted to do was to finish. I think it was five events, so I could enter Wales Rally GB at the end of the year to get an international license. So I had to get my driving license on my first try. So I managed, but it was high pressure. <laughs> but it was because you know. Yeah. You, okay, you you can you can drive, but you're coming to the UK. You're driving on the other side of the road, on the other side Absolutely. of the car to get you to get your license. I mean, it's and it's not easy, and they're quite complex roads here, odd roads maybe, especially up in the area that you were. I, I, yeah, I, and, and imagine uh, that was I, a lot of pressure. Yeah, and I, I I could drive rally car at that time. I was a good driver, but you know I couldn't reverse because this I never did with the rally car. So all these like traffic things was completely new for me and. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was not easy to go, come to a new country, drive on the opposite side of the road and take the driving license uh, within only a couple of weeks. So, uh, but it was, uh, it's part of the story. And looking back now, it was a crazy time. <laughs> How's your reversing now? No, 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 I'm good. I'm now, I'm, uh, <laughs> I got my practice in now. But like you say, it's such a it's a, it's an amazing story because it's kind of an unusual story. And there's there's a few drivers who have an unusual start to their career. And I definitely say you're up there as one of them with with that start. What was it like for you as a young guy, though, you know, leaving home and, and coming to Wales that year? N- not just the driving and the learning, but, you know, you're still growing up yourself. How was that for you mentally? And your friends are back home. How were you homesick at all? Yeah, I mean, I was there for long periods of time. Um, but I still have my my school in Norway because I went to a top athlete school where you know they they build everything around you, so you can actually live abroad and and have your school at the same time. So that was also very important for me to to finish um, to finish school in a good way. So yeah, I have something to lean back on. Um, and uh, yeah, like over the summer, I was away the whole summer, and but occasionally I came home. Um, but at the time, it was just everything was so new, new sport, so much to learn. So time went by so quickly. So actually, I didn't miss home too much because I was so busy uh, finding out everything about my new sport. Yeah. And you did a lot of rallies that year and successfully as well, because you had quite a number of wins under your belt, which was that surprising for you? Yeah, I mean, when we entered our first rally in Quinton, um yeah, I had no idea how we were supposed to do. Um, and uh, okay, we were in a we're rally car there, but there was also other rally cars there as well. Uh, and we, we won with the, quite a big margin. So that was uh, very promising. Um, and not so long tom- time after that, we uh, we partnered up with Marcus Journal with testing. And uh, so he could let's be some kind of mentor for me. 
And uh, so we were doing testing together. And already when I was 18, we were, I was equal as fast as him on tests. So I knew that like speed wise, uh, that this were looking really, really good for me. But at that time we didn't have WRC plus, we didn't have things that could help us to learn the stages of the World Rally Championship like they do now. Yeah. So uh, at that time, it will you need to spend many years in WRC to learn the rallies, learn the stages because uh, yeah, we couldn't have access to, to videos. So um, so I knew I had the speed very early on. But the thing about learning and learning the championship, the pace notes it takes such a long time. At, at least that that at that time. So well, what I was going to so, ask yeah. you about was the was the pace notes because all I was beside you straight away. How did how did you find a co-driver at first? How did you find the fit with Ola and how was it you know sitting beside someone who's telling you basically where to go how did you process that all first of all how did yeah, you I mean I I was completely blank I didn't know what a pace note was before I, I partnered up with Ola so we travel a lot around Norway to in the very very beginning to practice to make pace notes um, just on normal roads uh, so we we put a lot of effort into that and um, and all that also the issue with driving in the UK, I'm not sure if it's changed since that time, but there was no recce. So you got a video from the organizer and you got the organizer's pace notes, but we decided to make our own pace notes from the video. So it was uh, it was always difficult to um, to learn pace notes before I got into the Road Rally Championship, uh, getting proper recce's done. So so. Um, so yeah, pace note was uh, was an issue in the beginning, uh, a lot to learn. Um, but uh, with Ola's knowledge and his experience, really helped me to progress quite quickly. And how would you, how influential would you say Marcus was in it all, as a as a mentor for you, as a as a kind of guide essentially on on what to do. <sighs> No, the thing about Marcus is like uh, you ask him questions and uh, like how do you approach the corner and he doesn't know <laughs> exactly why he does it like that. So, so Ula, Ula had a, a big, um, big. Uh, so he sat with Marcus, he sat with me, and uh, Ula, Ula was also helping a lot to see the differences between Marcus and myself uh, and the way we drove. So um, yeah. yeah, so that was a big help to yeah just to see him drive the flow he had of driving. I, I think that's crucial, isn't it? As, as a young driver growing up to, to have someone who's who's able to kind of import, impart some kind of knowledge, even if Marcus was a bit like, well, I don't know, I just drive that corner the way I drive it. Yeah. Um, it, it is it is nice to have that experience around you. And you were you were lucky in that sense to to have him there. How would you look back on that early period, those first opening years, 2006, seven, eight, when you look back at it now, what were the highlights for you across those years? I mean, we did uh, quite a lot of events in, uh, I would say, 2007, 2007, 2006. I was only doing World Rally GB as in the World Championship. 2007, I did more rallies and also some in 2008. Mm. So it was a really good fun. I mean, uh, it was a lot to take in uh, coming into WRC. Uh, Trying to learn the speed of the guys, I was shocked. I remember how fast the guys were going. Uh, I, it was like hard for me to imagine that I myself would go that speed one day. Um, but you know, in tests, I was uh, keeping the, the speed, but it was just so difficult to do it in rallies with the pace notes and everything, and remembering the roads. And 
And uh, but it was uh, nice to drive in uh, the World Championship, but also in Ireland. I mean, we did a lot of driving in uh, in Ireland. Um, We've had quite a few questions actually for you about okay. driving in Ireland. People asking, yeah. you know, what was your experience like? I remember seeing pictures of you. I think was it at Donny Gall, where it's you and Lowe pushing someone's car. Was that Donny Gall rally? Yeah, yeah. I, I did one I rally with. Uh, yeah, I remember Sebastian Loeb came in coming and uh, Mark Higgins was driving. He was leading after day one, I remember. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I don't remember if we pushed any car. Yeah, well, I, there's a great picture somewhere. <laughs> I'll have to dig it out. Okay. Like, <laughs> you and Loeb pushing someone's car, helping someone, uh, obviously, somewhere okay. along the line. But I'm not sure where that is. I'll have to dig it out. Yeah, so Ireland's a special place to go rallying. And, you know, the tarmac events there, are they're absolutely golden. But also the atmosphere there i think is, is yeah just it's very particular very particular uh, type of stages and uh, and the fans i mean the irish uh, people they are so passionate and uh, i remember i was 17 at the time i like the highlight for me was always the 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 prize giving because it was always in some in some hotel bar uh, everyone getting super drunk yeah, uh, just lying around sleeping in the end. It was like, <laughs> is, is this what Australia is all about? <laughs> Young guy <laughs> coming to Ireland. So now I was a good fun those years. Uh, Irish are uh, they're good drivers and good drinkers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, I think you summed it up perfectly there. Yeah, definitely. And you know, they remember you fondly because you've had so many messages about you competing in Ireland. And you know, if you're ever going to come back to Ireland and compete there and I think you know a lot of drivers did some events in the build-up to what was Rally Island in in WRC um, and we've seen a lot of drivers over the years head there and and compete it's it's a great championship over there the Irish Tarmac Championship still yeah and I think uh, like when you look at Yari Matti he had more or less the same he did more or less the same or I did more or less the same as him you know coming over to GB and doing rallies in Ireland yeah. and in the beginning of our career so yeah we're pretty similar like that what was it like then that first WRC event for you, Wales Rally GB in 2006? You know, you, you competed throughout the year a lot in the UK. So you were used to the the, the kind of the, the terrain, let's say the atmosphere of GB. But then you are starting your first WRC event. I can imagine. I mean, for me, I would I'd be unable to sleep. There would be full nerves ahead of it. What was it like for you? How did you handle it all? I think uh, we had a name was to finish the event, uh, and when I started that first stage, that I don't that, that slipped out of my mind <laughs> to be fast. So I think uh, I mean we uh, I don't remember the first stage. I think we were like twelve fastest or something like that, uh, but not bad, not mm -hmm. bad. Uh, but then it, we crashed quite quickly. I think uh, at the very last corner uh, of stage four or three or something, I I had a crash. Uh, and then the second day, I also crashed. Um, so it was uh, <laughs> like uh, coming, uh, finishing that weekend. It was uh, I realized how tough the World Rally Championship was, how how long stages, how how long the rally was, and uh, and uh, it was not a particularly easy event as well with the mud and the rain and the fog. It was not an easy first WRC rally, I remember. It never is, is it? There's so no. many people who've done Wales as their first time, and it's like, oh my god, it's a baptism of fire. Yeah, to just yeah, get it through tough. it, as you say. Yeah. But you know, okay, you you might not have, you know, it might not have finished the way you wanted it to with the accidents, but it's part of the learning process, isn't it? 
absolutely it's definitely part of the game um and uh but yeah after that i realized that there's so much to learn uh, even though i won some rallies in the national events in in the uk um i'm not really what i expected coming into the world rally championship uh, fighting in the top or uh, being far behind but yeah i realized this i have a really wrong way to go and uh, a lot of things to learn yeah, but like you say, part of the learning process of it, of it all. 2007, you, we mentioned, you know, you did quite a few events in Ireland, but, you know, there were more events then for you on the on the championship calendar, which, I mean, you were rallying practically every week, it, it seemed like, that year. Super busy for you. How were you dealing with all of that? With support from home, obviously, your parents, your family are super supportive of what you're doing. Did you feel that? Did you did you have them on every event? Your dad was there a lot, I remember. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, my dad was, uh, he was passionate about motorsport and rallying. And uh, yeah, my, my mom, she didn't really know too much about it. Um, and um, she was uh, more of the, oh, it's dangerous address. I don't like it so much. <laughs> and my father was like pushing, you know, to push harder <laughs> and uh, explore the limits and wanting me to... Uh, to, to push hard so um yeah they were uh for sure my father was coming to every event uh so it was more or less me and him who traveled around and trying to trying to improve and uh, and uh, reach our goals in in rallying absolutely i mean it was, it was like you said it was very busy in 2007 and also 2008 yeah. um a lot of events in the world championship and also in the uk so i learned a lot <laughs> uh, and and our, our results were improving very quickly as well yeah you can see that uh you know it, the fact that you're you're competing on wrc events and and you're there within like portugal you were 10th overall and that was your first wrc event of the season that well norway apart from norway as well forget about yeah. that i love rally norway yeah that was a nice event it was a cracking uh, event yeah and um and uh yeah i mean the overall results on the rallies were not particularly good but uh like we saw flashes of speed quite early on uh like some good stage times i won my first stage in the brazil in 2008 so so um yeah uh when we were pushing but it was really hard for me to to like push consistently without doing mistake or three days without knowing the rallies and not having wrc plus to uh to practice or learn the status so at that time it took a long time to uh, to be quick and consistent there was such a variation as well across like the next years going into 2009 and 10, changing cars quite a bit. What was the thinking within the whole Mickelson team at that point as to where you were heading? And was there a frustration? Because it's kind of back then, it's the same as it is now. There weren't that many seats at the top level available for people. And it's no, that's... it's the same now, you know, and that, that must have been a, quite a frustration, I can imagine. Yeah, but at that time I was not good enough to be, uh, let's say, in a, in a factory team. Or uh, maybe if they had the budget to bring on a junior, maybe I would have mm. been, uh, let's say, uh, um, good for that. But uh, no one had the, that intentions at that time. So um, yeah, well, in two thousand and eight, uh, when the financial crisis kicked in properly, um, my father he didn't have the opportunity to helped me uh, in the same way as before so he actually told me to to stop rallying um, and go 
to the military, go back to school and uh, get my university degree and uh, and find something else to do. But at that point, I was, uh, you know, I was so in love with rallying and I really loved driving. And I had belief in myself that I, I had the capabilities to to be good in this sport. So for me, it was very hard to put the helmet on the shelf. I wanted to to pursue it more, but I had no money, no cash, nothing. Um and uh, I remember having a meeting with uh, Eric Leiby at that time because uh, there was an opportunity to do Rally Australia at the end of the year uh, in the Citroen mm. WRC car. Uh, of course, I needed to bring the budget. Um, and, uh, and Eric was helping several drivers at that time. So I asked him if he wanted to help me out um, because there could have been some opportunities for Citroen then in the future if I had a good result there. Yeah. But he said that, Andres, I don't think that's the way to go. Um, I really want to help you, but then I wanted to do it my way. So um, so then we, uh, he and some um, some other people in Norway, they, they uh, was a group of four people, so decided to help me with my career. Uh, but then going very back to basics, Norwegian Championship, uh, to drive something which is called Subaru Cup, which is a very standard basic Group N car. Mm-hmm. Because he wanted me to prove myself and my talent in our car, which was actually worse than my competitors. Um, and then just build my career from scratch. Because to be honest, like before that, if I asked for if my father for one pair of skis, I got two. If I asked for one rally car, I got two cars. You know, So he was like, I got everything thrown at me. Yeah. Uh, and now I really had to fight for it. Uh, and looking back now, I'm I'm so glad that transition happened because uh, because I, I I I got so much hungrier for my own success. I was driving on my own terms, and if I wanted to be successful, I had to fight for it. I had to earn it, and it's just a completely different way. And so so uh, we started to drive this Group N car in uh, in Norway, doing really well, doing great, and then. Um, the opportunity came along with Hankook uh, in the IRC in 2010, together with M Sport, um, which was a challenging year. We had some good results. Um, my best result that year was probably in Scotland, uh, IRC. Yeah. That's what put me in contact with Skoda UK. That uh, got me the drive. I remember Scotty that, UK right? In, yeah, with got me the drive in Skoda UK in, in IRC 2011. So... So that was like my my build up to come back into the international rally scene again. So um, so Scotty UK brought me brought me back uh, in 2011. But it was these guys in Norway that made the difference. I mean, if they wouldn't step in, I would probably because it was impossible to get sponsors in 2008, at least in Norway. So so I was very lucky and fortunate to to meet these guys. You were, and you know what you mentioned there about your dad. You know, you are for one ski set of skis. You get two. You you have come from a privileged position, position, but I have never got that from you, as in your attitude. I never sensed that. We all knew that you had a good amount of money behind you, but the way yeah. you handle yourself and the way you speak to people and the, the your just your attitude has never been. I you know I have a lot of money. I can do what I want. Whereas with some drivers I've seen over the years. They, yeah. they do have that too, but you've yeah. never, never had that. I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm very glad to. Honestly, I, I would tell no, you because I'm pretty direct, but I've yeah, never yeah, yeah, no, experienced that. No, that's good. Good to hear. Good to hear. So yeah, I mean, you move on. Let's talk about the IRC because that was a fantastic championship, and you came into it. 
in such a brilliant time, in its heyday, probably, because there were so many competitive drivers out there. And it was a real scrap. Every weekend, you never knew who was going to be on the top step of the podium. That must have been an exciting period to be really fighting for results. Absolutely. It was a very controversial decision by Skoda UK to go with the Norwegian driver. Um, <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I um, The plan was that it was meant for Guy Wilkes at that time. Um, but then he went with Peugeot UK instead. So they were in need of a driver. Um, and Chris Meek was in WRC, I think, or he was elsewhere. He, I don't remember what he had, happened. He had just left Peugeot UK. So Chris had yes. done two years and won the championship. Yes. And- Yes, and then, then Guy went into Peugeot, and then yeah, yeah suddenly Scotty came into the driver. So, so um, yeah, I met Cathy Slade during Rally Scotland, um, and uh, we had a good talk. Uh, and then they were in contact with Skoda Motorsport to find who would really replace uh, Guy Wilkes. And then uh, Skoda Motorsport said, "Have a talk with Nicholson. Um, he's a he's a young driver coming up, and uh, and he needs help." So uh, we had a great talk with uh, with Cathy Slay and Robert Hazelwood at that time, working in Scotty UK. Um, got the drive uh, and uh, and it was incredible. And these two years are probably one of the two best years of my career. Uh, it was an Italian team um, with the Keiko Sanki, uh, uh, Italian mechanics. Scotty UK was running the program. Um, just so many nice, cool yeah. people to work with, uh, and memories which will stick me with me forever. So, um, yeah, the Skoda UK were pushing really hard to try to win the championship. Um, and I remember, uh, especially Rally Monte Carlo, first rally, we crashed after only 100 meters. I remember having over 10 test days before Rally Monte Carlo. So they were putting huge effort in, uh, and they had like 100 guests from Skoda UK, and uh, oh, it was the worst possible way of starting the campaign. Uh, but overall, you know, we had a great year. We we won the championship by half a point. Uh, so it was a completely crazy season, ups and downs, but it ended very, very well. And sometimes you find that, don't you, that it can start quite badly. But as long as it ends well, that that's the good thing. But it was... Yes, and I also want to mention that that championship at that time was, uh, was really competitive. It was. Uh, and, and you have... Probably seven, eight drivers who could win uh, every rally. Uh, you have, you had uh, Guy Wilkes, you had uh, Terneville, Freddy Loix, Kopetsky, Hanninen. Hanninen, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, was the level was high at that time. I, everyone was pushing like crazy, so uh, it was uh, such a cool and cool time to look back at. Yeah, I remember working. I worked on the IRC from two thousand and nine till I think 2012 so the, the Peugeot UK years following yeah. the team and I remember you know the contrast of WRC and IRC and how sometimes because the WRC was a bit slimmed down with drivers you'd get to the IRC and like as you said so many different drivers who could have been on the podium and on the top step and it was it was scrappy it was brutal in in terms of the competition and it was more intense because it was less days of course. Uh, I really and we were, we were all young and we were yeah. <laughs> not afraid at all to push, you know, so uh, taking all the risks in the world to try to win that stage time. So <laughs> I was, uh, 
the amount of moments we had in that car uh, that year was uh, insane. <laughs> but two championships back to back, 2011 and 12 in the IRC. I mean, that's the dream. At your age then, you know, going back to, as Eric Fabian had said, let's go back to basics and then build up. You were really on the right path there. Absolutely. And uh, I remember after the 2011 season in Cyprus, um, it was a question mark what we wanted to do going forward from there because suddenly we got started having phone calls from Volkswagen, from Citroën uh, to take which career path we wanted to, to take. Um, so we had two choices. Either one was to go directly in 2012 to Citroën uh, in the World Rally car. Uh, or we could stay with Skoda one more year and then enter together with Volkswagen the following year again. So I remember it was a really tough choice at that time um, because, uh, yeah, Volkswagen wanted to uh, find out who their junior was and it was, uh, let's say, the biggest car manufacturer in the world entering yeah. rallying. So this was very, very interesting. But then again, you had Citroën who was winning rallies by rally by rally with Sebastian Loeb and I could go in there, become a junior in that team. Um, and I, I remember very well talking to Terry Neville at that time because he was uh, he finished second in the championship, I think, or third. Uh, but we were the same age group. So uh, we started to speak a little bit and we realized that we both had the same options. Uh, so he was also in contact with Volkswagen and he was also in contact with Peugeot. And uh, with Peugeot and Citroën, the PSA yeah. group. So we talked and we decided that if we go both go the same direction, only one of us will make it to the WRC. But if we go each our direction, if I go this way and you go that way, we'll probably meet in WRC in a couple of years' time. So not a lot of people know this story, but uh, we, we decided that uh, together with him, that since he already was in the PSA system, that he will go that direction and I will focus more on the Volkswagen side. Uh, and that we will meet in WRC in a couple of years' time. So that's actually what happened. <laughs> well, I had no idea. Well, like you said, only a few people know that story. I yeah. thought you were going to say, you know, this took weeks of wrangling in your brain with Eric, with all of even management to work it out which direction we, you were going to go. But actually, it was a chat with Thierry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, we, I sat down with them, with my management as well. But, um, but uh, yeah, it was... Um, that's uh, part of the story, absolutely. Wow. Sitting down with Terry and, and discussing this. And and yeah, you, you were both absolutely right because you did eventually then meet back together and you're both in, in WRC machine. Yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah, the year after, Terry then was in the Citroen World Rally car as a junior there uh, together with Loeb and these guys. And uh, I was doing in 2012 um, with the Volkswagen, all the with the Skoda Super 2000 cars when they wanted to build up the team. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and also doing another year of IRC. So 2012 was uh, hugely busy for me, but uh, yeah, it kicked me into Volkswagen. So that was definitely worth it. <laughs> oh, my God, absolutely. But like you said, it was it was going to be a, a question mark as to who Volkswagen took as their junior drivers, let's say, forward. And there was there was yourself, there was Kevin Abring. And they tried out many, many drivers in 2011. Uh, and then they decided to to go with me and Kevin Abre yeah. um, throughout the 2012 season. Um, and um, and yeah, in the end, they, they, they picked picked us. So, um, so yeah, it was an interesting time. Of course, um, it was uh, 
was tempting to try to go with, with the Citroen uh, because you could go directly into WRC. Uh, but then again, I would be up against Terry and uh, yeah, one of us would uh, would take it and the other one would be out. So, so yeah, it was a uh, was a uh, interesting time looking back. Absolutely. What a position to be in, though, to have two of the biggest teams in the world, two of the biggest groups in the world. And we all knew Volkswagen were going to be an amazing team coming in. Citroen already were. And you've got these options from both of them. I would have just, I would have had the biggest smile on my face for like weeks, (laughs) knowing that kind of thing. Did you feel a little bit bug in any way? After we won in in, uh, Cyprus, it was the golden stage the next day, which we were supposed to do. But when we won, uh, I remember sitting in the hotel lobby with Eric, my family. Uh, we were just over the moon by winning the championship. Scotty UK was over the moon. I mean, everyone was. I never been like the day I won there. I never been so glad ever again. Like uh, this rush I had, I never felt it since then. It was like the most crazy thing I ever experienced, and and uh, I remember text coming in from Sven Smets from Citroen Racing to Eric like Andreas now you've done it like now we made it this uh, this is a great chance and, and now we're going back to WRC and I I just remember the time so well it was and then we had a big party so we're like okay a golden stage we'll not do the golden stage let's go out celebrate and party it's gone. <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah we decided to have a party instead <laughs> remind me how much you would have won on the golden stage had you won it I think it was 50,000 euros. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think it was. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I've got a five in my mind. Yeah, I also, yeah, I think I think it was 50,000 euros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good spectacle. <laughs> but that that's amazing. But amazing. But also, I, I'm tinged with a little bit of sadness of you saying that you haven't had that emotion since. That elation, that, you know, that utter joy. You haven't experienced that since in your career. And no, I had your wins as well in, in WRC. I, 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 I did have my wins in WRC, um, but nothing really gave me the, the same rush, the same. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think it was just the whole season with Scotia UK putting so much effort in. I knew they took a controversial decision picking us and just delivering to them. And it just like everything came together in the very last rally. Like, yeah. Because you had the extra points, and if you won Scotland, you had the double amount of points in Cyprus, and uh, I mean the chances was close to zero for us to win the championship. And then we we win the two last ones. Uh, Hanninen goes off in the last day, like everything, all yeah. the stars were aligned, you know. So yeah. it was uh, just so unexpected. Uh, and Scotty UK was under so much pressure to deliver, and yeah, it was just such a good feeling to to give it back uh, when they took the chance to to give it to me so uh yeah the relievement and and the, the happiness i had there um, i don't think i will get it again i i can't understand how I, I, maybe if i win the world championship like total like the the full yeah. championship probably but uh no like single events wc event wins uh didn't give me the same yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think it is a combination of factors that led to that feeling. It's yeah. not just one. It's so many different No, factors. because if you win the World Rally Championship round, of course, it's it's bigger. It's bigger yeah. to win the World Rally Championship round than, uh, let's say, the IRC. So, yeah, but uh, I, yeah, like you say, it's the factors around which made it so special. Mm. Uh, yeah. so- 
Talk to me about heading into Volkswagen then. Obviously, you, you've had the, the, the very busy season where you're, you know, you're still doing IRC. Volkswagen are building up the team ready to launch the whole WRC campaign. What was it like, you know, the, the first ever event in the polo competing with the team, which had put an inordinate amount of effort into creating this rally car. They had some great people as part of the team, which are still, I'm pleased to see, still part of the championship now. I mean, every effort was made to make sure that that team was absolutely perfect from the start. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming in with with Volkswagen, uh, I remember 2012, I did a lot of rallies with Ogier because Ogier was already signed at the time. Yeah. And uh, we had a lot of good fights in the in the Skoda, uh, some very close fights as well. Um, so of course, being able to to join the proper program in 2013, mm-hmm. the other guys. Um, but it was hard to say because we didn't really know how fast the car was. We didn't really know before Monte Carlo. Yeah. Um, sure. But uh, when Monte Carlo started, I didn't start my program before Portugal, so I was a little right. bit late in the year. Uh, but seeing the pole on the stages for the first time, I remember like winning the first stage time, uh, like. To know what kind of car I was in was was I going to be in the slowest car, the fastest car, you know? So, but seeing the stage times come in with uh, with Sebastian, uh, he was having a big fight with Lub. But just seeing the car being competitive was uh, was so relieving and, uh, and gave me great confidence going into that season. Um, but my in my junior position in Volkswagen, uh, they gave me a lot of freedom to just you know build step by step and don't rush anything. Just uh, just take my time, build into the championship, and um, and uh, so uh, it was the very correct way to do it with the, with the junior. I mean, not too much things was expected from me in the beginning, so I really took my time um, and uh, and built stone by stone, and quite quickly we became uh, became. Uh, yeah, we, we delivered some good results towards the end of the year. Um, and then I was with... I changed co-driver as well coming into that season with Mikko Markola. You did, yeah. So tell me the story behind that because obviously Ola had sat with you for years at that point and then yeah. the change. Yeah, we did the change entering the, the World Rally Championship. Um, for sure, we wanted to have something, someone who could be with me to the end of my career and really long term. Um, Ola was the age difference was quite was quite big, and um, and uh, so we put in Miko. And obviously, I knew Miko a little bit from the IRC days. Skoda was very uh, said he was a very good co-driver, so we offered him. Um, and uh, Miko was 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 super good, but uh, there was a, like we were struggling a bit together. Um, I mean, uh, I had to have the in- the pace notes in English. Yeah, uh, it's a massive change. It is a massive change. And uh, I was used to Norwegian pace notes. And he also wanted to change a lot of my system. Mm. And uh, it was just too much new things. So at some point, uh, I won't say I, I gave up, but uh, for sure he had a lot of good things to bring on board. Um, but I needed something that I was more familiar with uh, and more things that I knew worked from before. So I think it was, I'm not sure if we finished the season with uh, with Miko or if Ula came back in the beginning of 2014 I think maybe came in the beginning of 2014 he came in yeah from Sardinia 2014 but you you failed to mention one person who I want to talk about because I've just done a podcast with him and he mentioned you and that's oh, Paul, Paul, Nagel. Paul Nagel yes 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 yes, <laughs> yes. yeah you're all, right all the ra- yeah. It, 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 yeah I can't remember the reason now it was obviously some kind of medical reason no yeah Miko hurt his back in Rally Finland 
That's right, on the jumps, that's right. Yes, so he was out in some rallies. Um, so uh, Paul came on board for, I think it was two or three rallies. Yeah, two rallies. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we had a lot of fun together. Paul is a great guy. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, when Miko, it, it was just a substitute for Miko in the yeah. end. So because we had a contract with Miko. And uh, yeah, in the end, um, I decided to go back to Norwegian Pace Notes and someone I knew and I knew that I could deliver good results with. So Ula came back. Um, but with the idea that I wanted to build up a new quarter for the future, a young one. Uh, so then Anders came came along, Anders Jaeger. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I came then back together with Ola, we at the same time we started to build up a new new, new Norwegian guy who was driving some rallies with Bern Kolovol and also with Ulrich Christian Weiby. And then in the end, when he was ready, he would then enter my car. So um, so when Ulla came in, suddenly the older results were like in the roof again. It was uh, it was yeah. great. We had uh, many podiums in 2014. At some point, we, we were like in the five rally period. I think we were the one who scored the most WC points. So, so yeah, it was a big change having Ulla back in the car. I can imagine. Well I, well, I can't imagine. You've mentioned it to me before, you know, when you do have English notes that there is, you know, there's a bit of a translation process that obviously goes on in your head. And it's like, well, that has to be very quick for you to then translate it into driving. I can't. I can't kind of grasp it in my head how people do it. It's a massive skill. No, I think, skill. I think in, the, in the end, it's mother tongue is or will always be the most natural. So yeah. even though you know English very well, you know right is right, you know left is left, but you always have to, let's say, if it's uh, thousands of a second, you have to translate it in your yeah. head. And, uh, it's, so the most optimal is to have uh, the um, your your mother tongue in the car. That's that's my point of view. Yeah, uh, you know, being with Volkswagen, obviously it's it's successful. Like you say, when Ola come back, you're you're back in podium, winning. You know, back on the podium, but mm -hmm. the win comes later on. The first WRC win was. Well, I think it took everyone by surprise, didn't it, really? Because it was Spain and yeah. it was Sebastian Ogier hitting the Armco on the, on the final stage of the rally and you being told at the stop line that you'd won your first WRC event. You were on for second. You were on for a great result anyway. And then all of a sudden it turns into a win. And I don't know emotionally how you compute that to get it. You know, how do you get excited about it? Because you're like, oh, with my teammates gone off, but oh, I've just won. Why? It's it's yeah. a really fun, right? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Spain 2015. Um, yeah, it was like 2014-15 was a great seasons for us. Mm. Uh, I was learning quickly because um, because yeah, having Sebastian and Yari Mati as my teammates, we had all the data in the world to compare myself with. I was in the same car, you know, so with the, with the two top guys, and uh, it was very easy to me to get feedback from the engineer saying, Andres. Ogier is doing like this. He's doing like that. You are doing it like that. So this you have to change if you want to be better. Um, and uh, so it was a great place to be uh, yeah. as, a, as a junior. And I developed a lot. Uh, but yeah, during the 2014 season, I was still learning a lot. And uh, 2015 and 16, that's when I really, let's say, started to deliver proper results, podiums, um, fighting for wins. So I almost won Rally Sweden, my home rally in 2015. Was leading until the last stage when we had the spin just before the finish. Uh, we were two seconds in front of Roger at that time, so that was a tough one to to bear. Um, but then, yeah, it came together in Rally Spain. But like you say, it was very unexpected. Um, I was uh, having a big fight with Yari Mati for for the second place 
and I did one of my best stages ever in that power stage. Uh, everything came together and uh, and uh, we, we won. And then yeah, I got told at the end of the end of the stage that uh, he's gone off. But it was hard to believe it because you know Ozier he never does mistakes, and especially not when he's leading with a minute. And uh, so I couldn't really understand that he made that mistake. So um, so uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was a special moment, but like looking back, it was a little bit disappointing to have that as my first win in a way. Yeah, I can I can understand that though. I can understand yeah. that. I think everyone can who's listening can because can like do that. Yeah, like to have imagine having Sweden as my first win, like proper yeah. fight, the whole rally and winning the fight with Ogier. But now it was like a little bit like handed to me. So of course it was enjoyment, but yeah, a little bit of disappointment as well. Like that's the way I was supposed to win my first rally. Uh, I always pictured it to be like picture perfect, like flat out uh, big fight last stage. You just win with a 10th or something like that. But um, anyway, a win is a win. It's, uh, it was a good feeling anyway. And the, and the nice part was that uh, my whole, it was actually the first rally where my whole family was, uh, was together and, and watching. Oh, so your whole family was there. Let me take you back. Then you mentioned Sweden and obviously the disappointment of that. Talk to me about bouncing back from disappointments, because in rallying, there are massive highs and there are really huge lows as well. And I I can imagine that one was a low for you because you were on the brink of winning, like you say, at at home. And it's taken away from you by a small mistake, which had big consequences. How do you bounce back from that? What was the emotion behind all of that? Yeah, that was a tough one. Um, I remember like coming to the stage finish. Of course, I was sad, but it was, it didn't really hit me before I came into holding area and service park, seeing my team mm. and everything. Uh, that really broke me. And um, I remember I was crying. I was uh, that was a tough, tough one because I really felt we deserved that win. And um, and uh, yeah, but at the, at the end of the day, it's it was a great for experience as well. Uh, the first win isn't supposed to be easy, especially not when you're fighting with a, with a guy called Sebastian Ogier. <laughs> then you have to push to the limits. And uh, I was a bit over the limit in one corner there. So uh, yeah, I can only blame myself, but it was uh, it was a tough one. I It would have been so perfect, you know? Yeah, so okay. uh, So anyway, I mean bounce back it was it, it gave me a huge confidence boost after that weekend as well seeing that i was able to fight for victories and so it just gave me um, a lot of motivation absolutely uh i want to ask you a question about your engineer then i want to ask you something that i've got in my mind about you being the junior driver so if i forget remind me on that yeah um, richard brown was your engineer yes yeah <laughs> richard brown irish guy beautiful brown curly hair which was quite long but wasn't it after your first win? Wasn't there some kind of bet that he had to bet. shave his head? He had to shave his head. Yeah, that was uh, our agreement. Uh, I feel bad for him because, yeah, he had the most beautiful hair ever, it? you know? Yeah. So I'm not sure how how happy his wife was after that. Uh, <laughs> I know she was not so happy. But, uh, yeah, it was part of the deal. Um, and, uh, and he did it. And uh, we did it at the, the, the team dinner, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so All it was a big, big party. <laughs> As always, you learn yeah. that from the Irish days. Um, yeah. Being a junior driver in the team and you were fighting with Oje, you were fighting with Lafala. Was there a point, were there points where 
they were, you know, you were told to rein it in and not push them so hard. Was there any things like that at all? Um... When, you know, they're, because, you know, you, you were finishing third in the championship, you know, you were, and they, okay, they were battling it out at the front of it all. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't remember particularly time where I had to, like, let Sebastian go ahead or Yari Mati ahead. Um, so, in the end, there was not a lot of team orders in, in Volkswagen. Um, yeah. Um, I think Ogier was, at those years, he was in his league of his own. Uh, so, so I don't think necessarily Volkswagen thought that they had, had to do it to win. They wanted us to fight. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure if the situation would have been differently, let's say if it was a big fight with Hyundai drivers or with Citroen drivers and it was very close for the championship, you know, every manufacturer will do it. But uh, when they feel safe and secure, it's also it's it's not very good for the fans either to do these kind of things. So, right. so they went since they were not in the need of doing it, they just let us fight it out on the stages, which was really nice. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Good. I, I'm glad of that. Now, I, I'm, I'm aware that we've already been talking an hour and I don't want to keep you too long because you've got a rally. to. No, but it's, it's also nice to uh, remember back. It's not so often you, I do it. So <laughs> good. Okay. it brings up backup memories. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, all fine, Bex. <laughs> okay. Good, 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 good. Uh, we've talked about obviously 2015 and, and Spain, but, you know, you move into 2016 and it, it's a completely different year for lots of different reasons the results are, are fantastic in 2016 but mm -hmm. also it's the year that we then discover towards the end of it that Volkswagen are leaving which yeah. was so you know bittersweet and a shock to to many many people um yeah a shock to us drivers as well we didn't know before after Wales rally uh, so we, we knew before rally Australia the last rally but we didn't know before we just heard rumors actually in service park in Wales rally GE Wow. And not even the team knew. Because uh, I remember, uh, because they were all going all these rumors, we asked the management, like, what's going on? And they say, no, it's just rumors. Uh, we haven't heard anything about this. So, you know, just drive like normal and everything should be fine. And then I remember seeing the news on Autosport. Volkswagen pulls out of the WRC. And I tried to call the team management. They were not picking up the phone uh, for the whole day. And the next day we... Uh, we learned that everything was true, and yeah, it was it was a big shock, big big shock. And and the hard part is that all the other teams have signed the drivers, yeah, for the year after, so they put us in a really tricky position. Uh, well, there was two seats available, and we were three drivers. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, one of us was going to to be left out, which in the end was me, uh, which was very tough. Yeah, but um. But looking back, I mean, the Volkswagen period was was insane. Uh, how professional they did everything. I, I never experienced this in any other team, either before or after. It was um, it was a very special uh, special moment of my career. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. It, it, not only from a technical side of things where they're getting it right, but also from a media side of things. They always had these fantastical videos ahead of every event. They did lots of cool stuff with you and. They just had the right people in place to make it a proper product from a team. It was fantastically uh, competitive, but also 
it drew interest, I think, from people who didn't know what rallying was. They'd see these little viral clips and go, well, what, what the hell is this? What are these guys doing? And it pulled people in. So, you know, as a whole product, it really did cover all the bases. Yeah, and it was just a big family on the road. I mean, everyone was... Uh... The, the team spirit there was uh, was something different. And um, and speaking to all of these guys later, when they've been everywhere, they've been some rallycross, some has gone into racing, like everyone speaks of this period as something very unique and very special. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was just a really nice time. Okay, we had a great car. The team was working well. The drivers, they delivered. So, you know, it was just a big success, everything. Uh, so really enjoyable really really something special yeah it definitely was and it's kind of a reminder isn't it to absolutely enjoy everything in the in the here and now because it all can change and it did and like you said you were left in the position where at the end of the season the seats were gone there were two left OJ got signed Lafler got signed and you you were the one who took the last win of the season for Volkswagen when we were in Australia and you were the one that was out of a drive and all of us were a bit like how is this possible what happened immediately after Australia? You know, what in the Mickelson camp then with with Eric? How did you prepare for what was happening next? No, of course we we tried to uh, we tried to find uh, solutions. Um, obviously, we we wanted to be and stay in the WRC. Uh, Hyundai was full. Uh, Ford, uh, you know, they ended up with Ogier. Toyota. The, we talked a little bit with them, but I. It was very clear from the beginning that uh, Finns, they they wanted to have Yari Mati, which is understandable. Um, and I don't think it was just that we we weren't good enough, uh, because clearly we were. Uh, I mean, yeah. Ogier, he was, uh, for sure, he, he was, at that time, I don't know, five-time world champion or four. Or, uh, but like me and Yari Mati, I consider us very similar at that point. So um, it was just no seats available. Um, and then very quickly we um, we decided or we, we we got in talks with with Skoda Motorsport and WRC2 to do some rallies together to keep keep me warm keep me in the championship even though it's uh, a lower category uh, and um, and yeah my, my like I, I me and Skoda we go way back in 2011 12 you know they they gave me the seats in 2017 and, and now I'm back with them again so so uh, Skoda has always been there for for me when uh, things have been a little bit tough, which I uh, appreciate. And uh, and doing rallies with them led me into having some rallies with Citroen and then later on with Hyundai for <laughs> the end of the year and also in 2018-19. I remember joking with you at one of our um, end of day meet the crew sessions that, you know, are you confused when you go to Park Ferme? Do you know which car you're going for? Because you know, <laughs> you've done Portugal in a Skoda, then you were with Citroen, then you were with Hyundai. It was always, yeah. which car am I with at this rally? Uh, but that, you know, that's another thing is, you know, what people maybe don't appreciate is that you're jumping into these different rally cars. And okay, yes, they're rally cars, but they're, you know, they're adapted to other drivers. You have to adapt yourself to them and be competitive in, in something that's new. And that's not easy. No, it's not easy uh, because yeah, all the cars are different, and you have to drive them in a little bit different way as well. Mm-hmm. So, I remember um, talking with Hyundai. You know, they were quite sure about my uh, 
my speed on gravel and they were happy with that but to, to tarmac they were not really convinced even though i won my first rally in rally spain um but they want to see a little bit more on tarmac and uh, i did rally germany with citroen uh, we were fighting for the win we ended up second or tanak won in the end and the dakar on on tarmac was amazing i really enjoyed the citroen on tarmac and then, uh, and then the opportunity came to sign with Hyundai for 2018-19 and do the two last rounds of uh, Rally Spain and Rally Australia in 2017. Oh. And uh, so I signed with Hyundai. I did uh, Rally Spain. First gravel day, we're leading after day one. Next day, tarmac. And I'm dead last. Um, and but that, that when, when we're talking about like, all the cars are different, you yeah. know. So, uh, so coming from Rally Germany, where we almost won on tarmac, to only a couple of months later, I, I finished last, dead last of all WRC crews on tarmac. I, I couldn't drive it at all on tarmac. Um, and, well, what was uh, so it, difficult about it for you on tarmac? Just the, the style of how you're driving it. I'm 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 driving a rally car like Ogier, uh, very similar style um trail break into the corner so you're braking and turning a little bit at the same time into the apex and then you accelerate coming with Hyundai the car wouldn't turn on brakes so the car would only brake when the car is straight so uh, it just didn't work so I had to kind of learn how to drive completely with a new driving style or in the end I didn't want to get rid of my driving style because I I learned it from Ogier who learned it from Loeb again so so uh, for yeah, me, they, it's, they've it's, done pretty well. So you kind of want to stick yeah. with that. <laughs> so I believed I had the right driving style, and it was just a really difficult period, 2018-19, um, especially on tarmac because I just couldn't drive it. Um, also on gravel, it also had this feeling a little bit, but you know, uh, you, you can you can handle it more on the gravel than on tarmac. Cool. Um, and uh, and yeah, it was just two two tough years. Um, just couldn't really get to fully with grips to the car, and uh, and uh, it was two tough years. Results wise, not so great like we hoped for. Um, and uh, people forget very quickly as well. Like you know, I had met so many good results before that time, and two difficult years, and you know people think you lost it a little bit. You know, so ever since that time, I've been trying to fight my way back and I'm still trying to fight my way back um, back to the WRC drive and I remember coming from the Hyundai back into the Skoda again it was the first time in two years where I suddenly had a car that I could drive the way I wanted to um, and uh, so yeah I think those two years destroyed a lot for me um, and um, just trying to get my let's say my last chance in WRC now because uh when you look at my career, I'm I'm starting to be one of the older guys. So, uh, so uh, I don't think you'll ever be old, Andreas. Yeah, no, but I think uh, if I get another chance, it'll probably be my last one. So, um, so I, I just hope that I get another chance. But at least that's what I'm working hard for every every day since 2019. I've been working towards that. And we've we've had some really difficult years in the sense of you know 2020, obviously being COVID year and being kind of really truncated in, in terms of how many rallies we were able to have in that season. Uh, but 
you know, what you've done since, I mean, you won the, the WRCT Championship in, in 2021. We've seen some brilliant results from you. Now you're battling again for the WRCT Championship. And I think personally, one of your best ever results I've seen and the, to see you fight the way you did in Greece for me this year in Acropolis, I was just like, why is he not in a top flight seat? I just don't understand it. And I know there's a lot of your fans out there who are constantly asking, you know, online, you always see kind of, why isn't Mickelson in a Rally 1 car? And this is the big question right now. There's not a lot of them around, which is the problem. Um, mm. But it, talk to me about Greece. I know I'm whizzing through a couple of years here, but 2020, there wasn't much going on in 2020. You only did yeah. three events in 2020. Yeah, I was uh, doing Pirelli testing uh, for the WRC tyre. Yeah. So I was in a WRC car for a lot of the time in 2020. Um, and um, and uh, yeah, I, I got together some rallies at the end of the season with Skoda, uh, assaulting for a full program, uh, WRC2 program and ERC program in 2021, where mm -hmm. we won both championships. Uh, and in 2022, um, last year, we had a great season, but we had two retirements because of engine failures, which really cost us the title. Yeah. We lost 50 points. We lost the title with, I think, six or seven points. So, and also my mistake in Greece last year on the super special first one. So, oh, yeah. yeah. God. So, yeah, it was also partly my mistake. Yeah, that one was my mistake, but we lost a lot of points with the, with the technical issues as well. And this year, yeah, we had a, we had a, a good season. Um, but pressure is, has been high this year because uh, I, I uh, first the plan was to do four events. And then the plan was, okay, if you deliver on all four rallies, then you get six rallies. And I know that if I retire on one, my championship is over. Yeah. So now it's decided that I, I go to Japan anyway. Even if I win the title now, I, I go to Japan anyway. So that's, that's nice. Um, but uh, so like... Yeah, I'm. My aim, well, my my basically what Scott is telling me is that they they want me to win rallies, and uh, and the when the way to win rallies in WRC two is to be clever. You have to be clever because these cars they they cannot take the kind of punishment like a World Rally car can. Our tires are a little bit weaker than the World Rally car tires, so uh, so you, in WRC you have to be a bit clever in the way you drive. So so my. Let's say my aim entering all the, the rallies is to try to win the rallies and not try to, let's say, have amazing stage times and then crash and then my season is over. And then, you know, if I don't have a chance for a championship, I'll probably not do more events. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've been driving uh, towards the aim of trying to, to win rallies and, and staying in the game because with a crash, I'm probably out. So it's been a tough season in, in that point of view but uh, we have delivered really well uh, winning a lot of the rallies and and I think like you say Greece was something particular because was. You know, it, after day one I mean I had nothing to lose so right. it was You'd the lost, first what, three minutes three and a half minutes yeah. and we thought yeah. well a win is yeah. going to be out of the question here and how wrong was everyone because honestly it was like the red mist had descended on you yeah. and you were like I'm just gonna go for it now and I haven't yeah. seen you like that for a long time because but like, I, I haven't been driving like that for a long no, time no <laughs> you haven't no. needed to this year it's been different because you you have to manage it differently I in, in since I don't have a spare rally uh, in my sleeve I, I have to drive clever so. yeah but so this, but this was full 
like Mickelson yeah. on a mission and it was yeah. wonderful to see and I I think that hopefully has done you no end of good in everyone's eyes as well because we see how you manage events and how you win and it's clever but I love to see and I think everyone loves to see that grunt and that absolute passion of I'm going for it here I am going to win this event and you did and that must have been one of the most satisfying wins I can imagine. Yeah, absolutely. It was well. It was first of all, it was really nice to really push again because it's been a really long time since I really, really pushed hard. And uh, because I've always been driving with a with a small margin, um, and uh, and uh, because I'm driving for the championship, I need uh, I cannot afford a miss. So, so yeah, I uh, I hope that helps the the skepticism of uh, those who think maybe I lost my speed or something like that. So, in the end, oh, for sure I have it. I just, you know, uh, I just use it when I have to. Yeah. But for sure, when you go into WRC, you have then you have to drive like this all the time if you want to win. Yeah. Uh, but in WRC two, you can afford to be clever on some stages and push when you have to, and yeah, it's all about being clever. So, yeah, it's uh, it was very satisfying, very good fun to drive like that. Actually, we didn't have one moment um, uh, the whole weekend. Uh, even though we were pushing really hard, that was uh, that was nice to see. Um, and uh, and yeah, maybe I should drive more like that. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, in, uh, to drive like that for the whole season, uh, the chances are that the mistake is coming quite yeah. quite early. So uh, you probably you have to drive it. Yeah, you wouldn't be in title contention right now if you driven like that for the whole season. Probably, no, I don't. I don't think so. So uh, no, but it was a great weekend. Really good fun and. Uh, and nice to show some speed again as well. Yeah. Uh, it's been a it's been a long time. We were actually discussing that with 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 Bernd and with Torstein before the rally. Like we are always very clever. Like uh, if you want uh, to have a championship win in WRC two, it's Mickelson because he never does mistakes. He always delivers good. And uh, but like uh, we also want to show that we are also the fastest. So it's yeah. like given. It's really difficult thing to, to know because we are hired by Skoda to to win rallies and win the championship that's it uh, yeah. they have the agenda and that's what we are uh, let's say paid to do and uh, and uh, so but you always want to have your own agenda as well to show because you want to into the WRC again and then maybe it's not enough to just win the championship maybe you need to show that you have this speed so yeah. at least I, I show that the speed is there in, in Greece so that was nice what is the plan going forward now? We, we'll we'll talk about you know the the championship potentially championship winning weekend in a little while. But everyone, you know, I put out question on social media earlier, and and the biggest one to come back certainly on Instagram was, is there the opportunity of a rally one drive next year? What you know, what's what's your plan for next year? What's being talked about at the minute? And uh, there's no secret there. It's difficult uh, to get a rally one drive. It's very few seats available and we are a lot of good drivers. So, uh, so uh, of course, that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, that's why I'm driving um, to try to fight my way back into WRC seats. So I, I really hope so. Um, but um, but uh, yeah, it's difficult. I don't know. It's very... Uh, it's too soon to tell. I hope to 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 know a bit more soon, but um, but uh, I really hope that I can get the chance in in WRC. This might be a rude question, and you don't have mm -hmm. to answer it. But 
you know, I, I know for some teams, especially with M Sport, it's it's more of a paying drive that is available there for you know understand you know sometimes they have the budget like they had for Tanak, they will find that but then uh, heading into next season it could just be pay drivers only there do you have the budget for that no 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 no. i i don't have uh i i honestly i feel that we have something to to give to a team um like i think that we can give them good results um which i think they need uh and uh so i think i don't need to or i shouldn't need to bring money to let's say give my expertise or even like there's so much work which is behind um so i i don't feel that i deserve that i need to pay to drive a rally car at this time of my career i mean if you're up and young coming and you have to learn the wrc yeah then you have to take the investment but now if um, I don't need to be back in the WRC, uh, I will not pay for anything. If no, the no. opportunity arises, then great. I will give my absolute. I've been working hard for that since 2019 when I when I left Hyundai. And um, if that chance comes along, then great. But at the same time, I'm having a good time with the Skoda guys, uh, with Talksport and and Skoda. Like I mentioned earlier, I go long back with Skoda. We have a great relationship together. So uh, it's a nice team to be a part of. And, uh, and um, yeah, I also start to realize, like, in case I don't get another opportunity in WRC, it's not the end of the world. Um, I have a beautiful young boy now, you know, in baby Max. He's, he's one year old, uh, had birthday two days ago. And um, so, like before, I was desperate, you know, like my life, I have to be in WC, have to, have to, have to. Uh, but now I also have so much enjoyment of, of being home with Max. And um, so I won't say it's like stop my motivation because absolutely not. If I have a WRC, for sure, I'm, uh, I would be the most happy man in Service Park. But, uh, but uh, if it doesn't happen, it's also not the end of the world. So yeah. I think as well, I'm a bit more relaxed about it compared to a couple of years ago. Do you think that's an uh, age thing as well, though, with just, I mean, for me, I know that, you know, getting older, you become you become more confident in yourself, but also you, not it's not care less, but you realise that things that had a massive priority when you yeah. were younger, kind of, they just drop down the order a little. Um, and, and it's not because you're not so focused or dedicated to it, but you have maybe more clarity um of life as a whole rather than the, the the pure kind of focus and maybe you're blinkered when you're younger and you have one target and you've got to get to it you've got to get to it but actually when you get older you suddenly realize there's a bigger picture do you feel it's a bit of that as well that's coming yeah i think there's some good and negative points i think um <clears throat> i think uh yeah like my life was 100 rallying you know before now it's uh you know, it's it's split up with baby Max having focus on him as well. Uh, okay, it's not so much I can do at the moment because he's still very young. Yeah, it's more in a year or two where I really can interfere more with him. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like uh, life is more uh, than just rallying. Uh, and um, but I think it also can help me because uh, if rallying is all about, or if life is all about rallying and competing and succeeding, you're a little bit like this, you know high shoulders you have to perform and if you're more i think if you're more relaxed about it and you know saying that 
you know, I, I will give my everything. But if it doesn't work out, I'm still fine. It's mm. still okay. So you're more relaxed about it as well. And I think I think that can really help uh, when it comes to results as well, because you drive more relaxed. You're not so uptight. So what's I it like so. being? I I well yeah I think so. What what's it like being a dad? Um, like he's little baby Max Max Mickelson. He's pretty young at the minute, but but it must completely change your life in in good ways. And now coming on a rally, you're getting more sleep, I'm sure, than you are at home. Ah, uh, luckily, baby Max is a good sleeper. So oh, well, that's a uh, good thing. Yeah, I know, I know. It's he's amazing. No, it. You know, it's uh, I love these days. Uh, the last day has been incredible, and uh, it's just going to be more incredible as well when he grows up, and I get to follow him and and see him develop and and teach him uh, the values of life and everything. Uh, it's uh, a lot of things to look forward to, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, I really enjoy the days that I have at the moment. It's it's really great, and um, if I get the WRC shot, then uh, fantastic. If not, I'll enjoy my time with baby Max and Skoda. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's other things going on. So on yeah. that point, are you talking to any teams at the minute? Uh, I'm constantly in talk with all the teams uh, the whole year. I mean, okay. uh, you're always trying to see if there's some opportunities here and there. And... Uh, and uh, yeah, it hasn't led to anything yet, but um, I think the only thing I can do is deliver the maximum I can do in the Skoda and WRC2, uh, let's say being first in the line if some opportunity arises. And when it does, I'll grab it with both hands. Um, so uh, we'll see. Um, but uh, nothing I, yeah, I can say much about at the moment. Okay, I completely understand that. I'm going to go through some questions on social media now before I let yeah. you go. So Phoebe asks, while your focus is to stay in WRC and to get a Rally 1, well-deserved, she puts Rally 1 seat, are there any future plans to do anything with regards to maybe Dakar or Rally Raids? Has that interested you at all? Absolutely. I've uh, I've been looking at the... Um... Rally raids. Um, obviously, I did Dakar two years ago. I, I had a very late call up because one of the drivers they tested positive of COVID. So uh, I was on the way to the mountains with my girlfriend. We just had to turn around, first flight down to um, down to Saudi Arabia, uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was a big experience, big learning curve. Uh, we rolled like on stage three. We <laughs> we destroyed the roll cage, so we had to retire sadly. But it was. Um, I mean, I think for rally drivers, and especially if you've been to WRC, you know what that is all about. Speed is definitely not the issue going into rally raid. It's all about adventure and understanding that it's more about an adventure than actually pushing the limits. It's yeah. You just have to survive and just be clever. So I think, uh, I think if you, your background is WRC, you have all the chances in the world to do great in, in, in rally raid in, in Dakar. So uh, I think uh, what I feel is very much on the rise. I feel there is more and more yeah. manufacturers going into Rally Raid. So it's absolutely something that I would look into. Um, and uh, and uh, maybe pursue one day. But at the moment, my target is, is being back in Rally. I think if I now start to sidetrack into Rally Raid, I think then it's difficult to go back to WRC. So I rather just try to give my everything in WRC for some years, and then let's see if it doesn't work out. Then you know you can pursue that at the later points. 
Okay. 555 Rally asks an interesting question here. And there's lots of what ifs in Rally, as we know, Andreas. But mm-hmm. he is asking, so I want to ask him about his biggest memories of the not competed in 2017 Polo. How much did you test that car, the 2017 model, which obviously never came into being? Yeah, we, we did a little testing. I remember 2016, um, uh, we spent almost all the tests of 2016 with the 17 car, even though we were doing the championship with the 16 car. Um, the 16 car was doing so well anyway, so we could just spend all our focus on the 17 car. And um, I mean, the car was great, amazing. It was basically the old Polo on steroids. Uh, and it was super quick. It's hard to say how quick it was supposed to be because we never could compare it to any other cars. But um, I'm sure it would uh, it would be uh, been a continuation of the success that Volkswagen already had. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been. Uh, now, I did see a lovely one here. It's Jamie Edwards. Um, and we kind of talked about it at the start. Jamie Edwards. Yeah. I remember him. I remember him. <laughs> he says, how much did those early times spent in Rithin help you prepare for your future in WRC? Not many future Norwegian WRC stars were driving on single venue events in Trausvane at 17, which is very <laughs> true. But it was good preparation, yeah, for the future career. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it was a great place to, great place to learn, and uh, and so many nice people as well. I have great, great uh, fun and uh, great memories from that time. Um, met a lot of nice people, uh, Jamie being one of them, uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, just very good memories to look back at. <laughs> Yessi from Finland says, "Do you consider yourself having three different careers, like the two thousand and six to two thousand and nine?" He's got 2010 to 2019 and now 222 wherever. And if we look back at your career and if you look back at it, what do you think of most? Are you in a Skoda Fabia? Are you in the Polo? Are you in the Evo? What are you in? Uh, if I had to choose one time that I go back to, is that a question? Well, it's kind of, yeah. I, I, well, he's not asking if you could choose one time, but if we are looking back, what what if people are looking back at your career? What car should they picture you in? Because you have been in so many. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I um, I always had a lot of success. Well, maybe the Skoda. Yeah. Uh, in a way, because um, I just feel that the they always gave me opportunity when I was struggling. You know, so. Uh, I just feel I represent that brand um, in in many ways. Um, of course, the Volkswagen Polo is the, the, the period I was most successful in uh, on the top level, let's say like that. But uh, I've just been so many times back and forth to the Skoda. So, uh, um, yeah, I would say uh, I would say either the Polo or the Volkswagen. No, or the, or the Skoda. The Skoda. Okay, I'm yeah. just going to give you a couple more questions from Instagram and then I promise I will let you go. Uh, QM Rallying is wondering why you haven't come to Kenya to compete. He's most upset. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to come to Kenya to compete. Uh, the rally looks absolutely amazing. Uh, it's definitely on my list, on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. So one day I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> lots, um, lots of people. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I can. Lots, yeah. lots of people asking, are you going to be an M Sport next year? That seems to be where everyone is putting you out there right now. Uh, yeah. 
you have to call Malcolm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll have to get Ian Malcolm not back on decision, this podcast. No, it's, uh, for sure, any opportunity in WRC, I would welcome with both hands, and I will grab them. But um, at the moment, uh, there's uh, at least there's no news on that side. I have to say, on Instagram, I've had quite a few messages, and you will know who you are, people, who have asked for your phone number. A lot of ladies sending maybe some inappropriate messages, Mr. Mickelson. Really? You. Yeah, absolutely. They are very keen on You're a very attractive man. You must know that. Yeah, I've had quite a lot of, is, is Andrea single? And they're going to be very disappointed to hear that you're not now. And can I have his phone number? So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to break yeah, the hearts, yeah. ladies, but the man is taken. The man, the man is taken, and uh, yeah, I'm a family man now. So uh, yeah, enjoying my time with Camilla and the baby Max. Baby Max. Okay, baby. this weekend then is going to be big for you. Central European Rally, the potential for a championship win here. What has to happen for that to happen? Uh, I haven't really looked at the whole situation. Um. I read that Gus said that I have to, or he needs to finish nine points ahead of me. So seems like I have to do that. <laughs> so hold on. You're relying on what Gus Greensmith has said here for what you do. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, uh, now when we all start doing Japan, uh, I don't want to think too much of, okay, I need, I need seven or seven and a half points or whatever. I, 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 I want to go out there and, and do what I've done this year and uh, not think too much about the championship. Um, just deliver a good rally. It's going to be a very difficult event this time. So, um, so yeah, if, if, I, if this was the only event that I was doing, yeah, I would really need to know exactly what I needed to do on this rally to become champion. But since I have Japan in spare, I'll take it as a, as a normal event and just do my best and, and see where we are at the end of the day. Final question for you before I let you go. When you look back across the career and, and everything you've done so far, and there's still way more to come from you, but are there key people who have helped you along the way or friendships that you've made along the way, which are, you know, very, very special to you? If you could name some people who've like really assisted you or been there as a friend that you've made through rallying. Yeah, I mean, well, like throughout my career, I, there's so many important people that uh, that's that uh, had a role. I mean, obviously in the beginning, my dad was helping me out, uh, and then later on, Eric Vibe, uh, Roy Snelling, in, which uh, has been me and helped me through many many years. Um, I uh, I uh, we divided ways after 2019 with the with the management because they made a management um, where we're still in great contact. So uh, uh, so they are still good friends, uh, very good friends of the Vibe family. Um, and uh, Bern Colville has been uh, stuck with me the whole career. He's still with me, uh, going through all the onboard videos after Ricky and looking for stones and. And all this, he's a big part of, of, of our success and uh, and our, our fight to be back in WRC. So, um, so uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's many. So uh, all the co-drivers I had. So, um, yeah, it's it's many people to to, to thank. But for sure, it's uh, um, I want to thank everyone when the when the day is finished. Then I put my helmet on the on the on the on the, on the wall. So uh, for sure, there's many new friendships that will. Will, will come and happen 
because I'm I'm not finished uh, completely yet. So oh hell no, you you've got a long way to go, Mister. <laughs> I just got started. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, but I think that's the special thing about rallying, is it? You make these friendships, um, and everyone's a bit like a traveling family or circus, yeah. depending on how you want to describe everyone. But you see each other yeah. so so often, and you make these lovely little friendships with people. Yeah, Which... but I, like I want to mention especially the the time period I had in Volkswagen with all the people there. That was yeah. a special time, and I made a lot of good friends, uh, which will stick me forever. With uh, uh, like also in the top management in Volkswagen with Jos Capito, Sven Smets, these guys. For me, being a junior, working with these professional guys uh, was incredible. And yeah. uh, and um, also with Richard Brown, you know, I'm I'm still in weekly contact with him. You know, I'm so, glad to hear that. I yeah, love Richard. Yeah, we had something very unique and special as well. So. So, so he, did, uh, he did forgive you then for making him shave his head. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, there's there's so many people and um, and yeah, some some really good friendships that I will carry with me for um, for a very long time. That's good to hear. Uh, now, good luck for this weekend. Um, I'll see you in a few days. But best of luck, to be honest, with next year. We're all keen to know what what the future will be. But whatever it will be, we know that you will be a happy man. Because yes, exactly, exactly. Far. For a couple of years, I would probably not be a happy man next year if I wasn't in the Brazil. Now I'm happy anyway, but I will be more happy if I. <laughs> but I'm happy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we shall end it all. Andreas, thank you for giving me so much of your time. It's been a pleasure. All right, nice to talk to you, Vex. For more great World Rally Championship content, head to Rally TV, with its thousands of hours of archive footage and exclusive live programming event review shows and extensive onboards. Special features too on some of the legends of the sport. This is all available at rally.tv and wrc.com, the digital online home of the World Rally Championship.